Hey, I'm Jodie, event manager, business owner, educator, and podcast host. I'm an introverted homebody, wannabe wine master, and I truly believe in the power of events to inspire, delight, and ignite human potential. Every week, I take you backstage into the wonderful world of business events and give you the insider scoop on how to take your events to the next level. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the traditional custodians of the lands where we live, learn and listen. Let's get into it. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Events Insider podcast. I'm Jodie and it is great to be with you again as always. Today I have a very special guest on the podcast. Today I'm joined by Carla, who is the founder and CEO of The Conference Shop. Now, Carla has over 25 years of experience in the hospitality industry, and so she definitely knows venues. And that is what we are going to be talking about today. Carla is a venue sourcing specialist. Now, she has worked across many hotels in multiple departments. She ran her own destination management company, which then became the conference shop in 2014 when she niched down and became a venue sourcing specialist. And for the past 13 years, Carla and her team have been connecting corporate clients just like you to find the perfect venue for your event. So what started out as a focus on regional Australia has now expanded into an international venue sourcing business. And Carla is definitely considered a thought leader in the industry and has been invited to share her knowledge and experience at many industry events. So I just knew I had to get Carla on the podcast because we all know that venues is such a big part of the event planning process. It can be really overwhelming. It can be the biggest challenge and hurdle that you need to overcome. And it can be, you know, make or break for your event really. And it takes up such a large chunk of your budget. So Today, we are discussing all of that and more, how to find the right venue, what to look out for, red flags, how to negotiate a good deal and make sure you're getting the best deal. So I hope you enjoy my chat with Carla. Well, Carla, welcome to the Events Insider podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And I've got a lot of things. um, I was just saying off camera, I've got a lot of things I want to ask you. So (laughs) I'm going to dive straight into it today. So Can you share a little about your career journey and how you ended up being a venue specialist? Sure. So it's it's a very long career, (laughs) but just, uh, you know, I'll shorten it. So it started properly in the event space probably about 18, 19 years ago. I was working just locally. I'm from the Southern Highlands, so I was working at a boutique hotel down here and my kids were going to school locally. So I was actually studying accounting at the time and went, no, I need to be closer to them. So I took a job <laughs> at the hotel, the hotel near the school. And I sat in front office, which was fantastic. Um, I absolutely loved it. And then from there, I went into conference management. And then from there, I went to director of sales. I guess that's what we call them now. Um, and then I was sort of assistant general manager. So I was there for about five years. Okay. And back then, the Highlands sort of was not as well known as it is today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I used to get a lot of encouragement actually from PCOs saying you need to start something because tourism would send people to me to say what else is there to do in the region. Yeah. So we'd share the business around as well. So if I couldn't take someone, we'd send them to the other properties. And then eventually I went, okay, maybe I do need to start something down here. So I started Southern Highlands Corporate Events, and kind of like a DMC, I suppose, yep. back yep. then. 
Yep. Um, for um, we, for our listeners, what is a DMC? Destination, destination management company or marketing. Some people say marketing company too. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> so destination management. So I worked in trying to get all of the suppliers together. So we attend expos together just to try and get, I guess, the Highlands on the map as a business event destination. And then from there, it just grew. So we ended up covering about 23 regional destinations originally. Yeah, wow. So then I had to rebrand. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we rebranded to the conference shop in 2014. Okay. And now we venues nationally and internationally it's sort of grown organically yeah right yeah yeah and and as a venue specialist I mean how do you keep up with all the new venues I mean you just said that you work with you know all over Australia and internationally so I mean do you specialize in a certain area or like how do you keep up with all the venues (laughs) well no, I look, I think it's years of experience personally. It's years of uh, relationships and having really strong relationships with account managers across all hotels. Yep. I think starting regionally was a really good base for us too because you have to work a lot harder regionally than you do with city venues, I guess. But we have always attended expos. We've always exhibited at expos. We subscribe to lots of newsletters, so we're always reading. And there's also a team. It's not just me. There's a team behind me, so we all come with our own experience. We work on if we're, we're stuck for an idea or on a venue, we're always working together, sharing information. But it is, I guess, relationships are really key because venues will come out to us, account managers will come out to us and say, look, we've got five new openers or you know, this is what's happening. So it's staying on top of all of that. Yeah, right. So really about the relationships then. So, I mean, for me, and I know for a lot of people who plan events, like finding a venue can be the most time-consuming part of event planning and sometimes the most overwhelming part as well. Yeah. How do you go about sourcing a venue for a client? Do you have like a specific strategy or specific steps that you take or does it really just depend on what the brief is? Well, it does. It always comes down to the brief in the end. Uh, usually if we have a thorough brief, so we'll try and be as thorough. Sometimes we'll go back and yeah. go, sorry, one more question. One more question. <laughs> because, you know, the more we know, the better it is for us because there's a million venues out there, but there'll only be about four or five that are truly suitable. Yes. So again, it's probably just knowledge. So if someone comes to me, I really would love a budget most of the time, even if it's just accommodation, because that's the difference between, you know, a five-star and a three-star or, you know, it's understanding the client and their needs as well, because we do have clients that can only stick to a certain tier of accommodation or... You know, so it's really not cookie cutter at all. Every brief is so very, very different. Yeah. And so when you get a brief, do you immediately, like, do the venues immediately pop into your brain? Like, or do you, do you need to to spend time kind of thinking about it? Or is it like, right, here's the the short list of five. I've already got it for you. Um, Usually I do know. um, Because we look, we make sure we're always either attending a famil or hosting famils because we understand the importance of getting people out to venues. Um, Pre-COVID, I would say people, 80% of my clients would book without seeing a venue. Yep. Um, so they would take sort of our experience or word for it usually. Yep. Um, things have changed. I'm sure you would have noticed there's a different kind of planner. Um, there's a lot of, you know, newer people too that are in planning and are keen to see venues. Yep. But 
I think most of the time, if I know, I really know what this client wants and I really understand their brief, I'll even just send them a quick, I'm thinking these four or five and straight away they'll go, yep, love those three. So it's, it's, I think there is the right venue for every client that comes along. Yeah. And I mean, a venue, you know, really makes a big impact on our event. It's a big part of the budget. It's such a big part of, you know, it's a big decision that we do make as planners. Yeah. How do you decide what venues are going to suit a client's event and which ones you present to them? Uh, again, it comes down to the brief, really. Yeah. It does. Um, and it's really helps when <laughs> the client understands their brief. Yes. Because they don't always understand the brief and so it can chop or change five times along the way, as you would know, because you probably deal with that a lot more. But if if a client really understands their brief we can hit that venue like we can get really on the mark with their venue and that kind of sets the tone for the entire event because like you say it can make or break an event but for me it's more about making sure the client understands their brief I understand the brief when it's like you you have clients that go oh my god this is my first one you know I've really got to get this done right so I really try and push those people particularly to go and see venues as much as possible and usually I find now they're making their time more so than before. But I think just comes down to the to the brief and understanding the brief and knowing that that venue can deliver on every sort of requirement for them. Yeah. And are there any like red flags that you look out for when selecting a venue? Yeah. <laughs> look, there's not there's not too many. Um, historically, it was regionally there was a lot of red flags. Um, okay. Because a lot of regional venues weren't quite ready back then. They've yep. st- now lifted their game and they're like on the mark. But I think just straight off for anybody, even you, me, anyone that's bringing a venue, I mean, the staff, making sure the staff are friendly, receptive, they're not going to be put out. <laughs> or, you know, they'll want to go above and beyond because they really want that piece of business. So I think if staff are unfriendly, that to me is a bit of a red flag. Uh, I think it's things like, you know, accessibility. If I know people are are going to be travelling and need to have somewhere that they're going to be able to access quite easily and they can't, that's a red flag. There's, you know, if things are a little bit untidy or, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever been on hotel site inspections and there's still trays from like the night before sitting there. (laughs) You know, just little things like that. You're thinking, you know, come on, guys, you just need to get a bit on top of that. Um, But Overall, I think most venues are pretty good. Yeah. And you mentioned the the team because obviously in addition to the actual physical venue, the team behind it are obviously going to be crucial to the Mm. success of an event. And you mentioned earlier about, you know, for you it's all about building relationships with those venue managers. Like Mm -hmm. how important is it to suss out the team? How do you go about that? And I guess how do you have any tips on building great relationships with venue managers? Yeah, okay. So I think it's important again, it's years and years of being in the business. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can under you can't underestimate that expertise. And as yeah. you would know yourself, you just know what runs like clockwork, what doesn't. Also post COVID, <laughs> there's been a lot of changes in venues. So I think the last twelve months to eighteen months we've been trying to iron out sort of that issue. It's still real for a lot of venues so you know you have to be a little bit understanding but I think most of the teams really good most of them are receptive I'm finding that if you're transparent with them they're transparent with you so even 
if I'm planning an event, my advice would be uh, be front, give as much information as you can to the venue manager about your event. Don't leave things to the last minute. I mean, there's times where I will get called by the venue going, I haven't received, you know, event order from the client. I'm not getting any. So then we have to step in at times. Mm. So it's, you know, make sure that you're respectful of the venue manager and their time as well, because you will not be their only client. Not that that's an excuse, but I mean, if you've got things rolling properly, then everything will happen as it should. Do you pitch venues where the team might be the reason that you pitch it? Like, is that a big factor in which venues you're presenting or is it more about the actual venue? A bit of both, to be honest. Look, at the end of the day, the client has to be happy with the venue. So Mm -hmm. venue definitely has to fit their requirements. So whether there's accessible rooms or you know, free parking on site. So people can have very, very specific requirements. So for me, that's usually the first, I guess, lot of boxes that I need to tick. If there's an issue that I feel behind the scenes with the team, then I can have a chat to them. I think that's sort of stuff you can work through. Yeah. Um, I feel that I can with, the, you know, my relationships. But I think at the end of the day, the venue has to tick that box. You know, we I can get people going, oh, yeah, we've got a young team want to go regional, but we want something new and fresh. And so straight away it starts to narrow things down, you know, because in some regional areas they're beautiful old buildings, they're not new and fresh like Sydney. So you sort of start to eliminate straight away. So, again, if if they know some, you know, they brief really well, I think that's got to come first. Relationships will always be brilliant. I will never put anybody in a in a hotel that I think can't deliver. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I sort of touched on before as well that, you know, we spoke about how the venue can make a really big impact on the success of your event and the team as well, but it's also a big budget line item, right? So it's going to Mm -hmm. probably be the biggest expense in our budget. So do you have any tips for, I guess, negotiating rates? How do you feel about negotiating rates? You know, is that something that we should be doing with our venues? Um, I guess, how do we make sure we're getting the best deal? Okay. So... We negotiate constantly because I actually do find that that's something that clients don't like doing. You know, everyone <laughs> has this funny relationship with money, even I think on a personal level, you know, to a degree. Um, but I don't mind at all negotiating. Um, so usually uh, if a client comes to me and really wants this venue, but, you know, we need to negotiate, I will do that. But I guess the benefit of us is we know who we can and can't negotiate with. We know who we hit a ceiling with. Um, and usually I'm transparent as well with the client will say, look, I know you like that one, but you're either going to have to increase or this is it, you know, but we can move on this one. Um, if I am a client going to a venue, I would have my budget there for them. Okay. So you would be upfront with the actual budget? I would say we cannot spend more than X number. Say, for example, most of the time it's accommodation we only get. We don't get an overall budget. and it's surprising how how often we don't get a budget at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, if, if you're wanting the best rate, put that forward, be transparent, say, look, yeah. this is all we can do. And the, and the venue will come to you and say, look, we can't do that. Yeah, okay. And so then you, at least you know if you really want that venue, you will either need to move or not move. Yeah. But if you don't have a budget at the time because people obviously are building budgets, as, as the same time that we're presenting them proposals, 
then they can um, come back to us at that point or even they can go back to the venue. Yeah. So let's talk about your business, the conference shop. (laughs) So you're a venue sourcing service and it's a free service, I understand. Yes, it is. how does that work? (laughs) So we have worked on commission from day one. So someone would send us a brief saying we want a conference, you know, in WA, New South Wales, wherever it is. They send us a brief and we would do all the sourcing for them. We negotiate on the rates. We, you know, go out to the hotels. We chase them because, you know, a lot of time it's chasing. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big thing. Um, We're pretty much an extension of their team. And when we present them with proposals at that point, we go through them because we're completely objective. So we're not affiliated with anybody or any one hotel chain or one destination. So really we're across all of them. And if they say come down to three, we organise site inspections for them. We've also organised sites, you know, in other countries. So we'll do it wherever they need to be. And once they decide to lock in, contracts are sent through to the client and they take over from that point and start planning the event. Okay, so the client takes over at that point once you've found them the venue. The venue, yeah, sure. Amazing. And then the hotel provides you with commission. Post the event. Yeah, amazing. So obviously it's free for a client, I guess, much like a mortgage broker sort of works. Yeah, that's How you work. Yeah, awesome. Would you say that clients get a better deal by going through you or is it more about they're just saving a huge chunk of time by not having to source the venue? I think it's both, actually. They probably, obviously we save them a lot of time, um, but I think it's also... We can usually negotiate a better rate yeah. only because it's a lot of the time it's uh, volume. So a client might do two or three events a year, sometimes one, depending on the client, whereas we would do over 100 a year. So, you know, that's it's volume. So we, we can usually move and we can be a little fierce at times. <laughs> you, <laughs> know, you know, uh, so I think more often than not, so we have clients that will say, here's our preferred rates. You know how that works, don't you? Yep. So they'll have a preferred hotel chain or different hotels with a preferred rate. We can usually better their rates Amazing. when we're presented with that. So it's win-win yeah. for the client then. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's a great service. I mean, I love it. I love yeah. doing what I do, you know. And do you have a particular like niche or favourite type of event? I mean, obviously you're called the conference shop, but can you talk about, I guess, the kind of events that you work on? Gosh, everything. I'm finding people are sort of moving, are liking the um, unique venue space. Yes. <laughs> you know, so that it comes and goes in waves. One minute they're wanting, you know, a hotel, next minute they want to step away. I think a memorable one would be a forest location. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so occasionally you'll get one of those, which is really unusual where they have to build everything, which is um, we had a client wanting to do like a mini Coachella. So, yeah. so That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's been really, really um, unusual. <laughs> and, I mean, that would take more time for you, though. You know, obviously that doesn't immediately come to your mind. So how does that work for you and your business? Well, I guess, uh, well, if someone wants to do a Coachella, right? <laughs> yeah, you're like, that yes, brief, <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you'd know what, it, like, I think yeah. you would know, okay, either a private property or a forest or, you know, a state forest. Um, so you would start looking actually on the weekend when I was camping and I looked at the grounds down there, I thought, okay, this would be, I'm always thinking. Yes. <laughs> and I've actually already talked to them about using their property for something like a, a buyout. And turns out they have had 
that in the past. Only a couple, they're fairly new to it, but it's the perfect location. It was amazing. And lots of team building options around there as well. So, Do you go on, I guess, scouting trips or how do you sort of find these new venues or is it just kind of (laughs) what you come across in your daily travels? Sometimes it's what I come across just when I'm out. I mean, I don't think, it's not that you don't switch off because I do switch off, but occasionally, you know, you come across something and it's quite exciting. You go, oh, wow, there's nothing like that around. That would be a fantastic venue. And because I know my clients quite, quite well, I think straight away, okay, this would suit these four. You know, so then I'll come back to the office sometimes. I'll go, hey, I just came across this, you know, and I'll start chatting to them about it. Yeah, awesome. So do you have a lot of, you've obviously got a lot of repeat clients then that you know very well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really. Look, some of our clients are like family, (laughs) to be honest. You know, they they are like that. Yeah. Um, And it's lovely. It's really nice for us. Yeah, that's beautiful. And so what are some of the newest venues in Australia that you're excited about that have just opened or you know are on the horizon? Can you give us any inside information? (laughs) I think it's exciting. I, I thought about this a lot, actually, because. I think it's exciting that we're getting some of the internationals coming to Australia that yes. have never been in Australia. So I think even just having Capella in Sydney is pretty, you know, amazing. Uh, you know, even some of the Indigos that aren't maybe five-star, but I love their concept. I mean, the first Indigo I went to was in Singapore, and I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And the fact that they're coming here is really exciting. But I actually, I think more than anything, it's I love how during COVID, hotels have taken the opportunity to refurb. Yes. I, I think that is something that we kind of overlook because we want something new and exciting. But I think some of the refurbs that are, have been happening are pretty exciting as well. And like even Intercom Sydney, I was so excited because it was like, oh, my God. <laughs> It'd be great if that got some love and it finally has and it's gorgeous. But I think that is the most exciting thing, yeah. actually. Yeah. It's almost like we started again last year, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels nothing. like you've got new products to yeah. sell. I mean, Capella's definitely on my list to go and visit. So I'll have to get yeah. there one day. But, Amazing. Um, yeah. But there's lots of new ones in Melbourne. I mean, even penitentiary, you know, those kind of places. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, awesome. that, they're stepping away from the traditional, probably. Yeah. We love that. Yeah. Um, I have one final question for you, which <laughs> is if you could sum up all your years of experience into one piece of advice for anyone who plans business events, what would it be? <laughs> That's a big question. It is a big question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if I could wrap it up into one piece of advice, but I would definitely encourage people to know who their delegation or who their attendees are going to be. Know the Mm -hmm. event. Really know your event. Don't just go, I don't know, it's like 16 people and, you know, we're just, we want to get out of Sydney. You know, there's there's got to be more. Like, no, really know your brief and understand who's going to be attending because it's a huge, huge factor. If you've got, you know, 16 men or something and you take them somewhere and do a cooking class might not (laughs) be viable for them if they want to go and play golf I'm you know that's just a small example but I think really know who your attendees are going to be yeah great advice great advice and I always talk about you know your event is only an event because you've got guests there and ultimately Mm. that's you know who we're planning the event for I mean it can have other benefits and business objectives and all those kind of things but at the end Mm -hmm. of the day we're there to 
entertain or engage or educate our guests. And so we do need to be planning it for them. So the more we can understand who they are deeply is just going to be more beneficial for us. So great advice. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Events Insider podcast. If you loved it, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends, and I'll chat to you next week. Bye.